This morning we are talking about Ascension Day. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 11 in the New American Standard Bible I read, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. I'm, new, I'm reading the New American Standard Bible. Verse 4. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard of from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or epochs or seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, whilst he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Can I hear a good amen? amen. We read again, Luke 24, also from the New American Standard Bible. I read from verse 50 to verse 53. And Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. The session of Christ simply means Jesus going back to heaven, to God the Father. This is after Jesus had been raised from the dead you all know that he spent some time here on earth with his disciples, appearing to them, teaching them, reminding them. And so when we study the scripture, we see that Jesus, first of all, descended from heaven to earth. He came, ministered on earth, died on the cross, was buried, rose from the dead. But then we also see how Jesus moved from heaven to earth. So the scripture shows us, pertaining to the descending and the ascension ministry of Christ, it shows us that he descended first from heaven to earth and ascended from heaven, from earth rather, to heaven. And this he did both in spirit and his body. Jesus defied all the laws of gravity, defied all the laws of nature, because he was moving in a higher law. See, the f that Jesus ascended is a fact. And it was not a coincidence because it was something that was foretold. 
Please allow me. I won't read the scriptures. But when you read Psalm 68, verse 18, and Psalms 110, verse 1, it was foretold by the prophets that Jesus would rise. Secondly, Jesus himself in John 16, 27, John 16, 28, John 20, 17, Jesus himself foretold that he was going to ascend in heaven, into heaven. But then the New Testament writers, number three, wrote about his ascension. They used various expressions to describe his ascension. Mark says, in Mark 16 verse 19, he says Jesus was received up into heaven. Luke says, in Luke 24 from verse 50, it says, and we read it, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. He, he, he lifted up his hands and gave them the priestly blessing before he was carried up into heaven. Also Luke writes in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, he says Jesus was also received out of their sight by a cloud. Jesus himself said he would ascend in John 14 from verse 1. He said he would ascend up, up where he was before. He said, I am going to prepare a place for you. And he said, I will depart and go to my father. But he said, I will come back to get you. When Stephen was stoned in Acts chapter 7, Stephen saw the heavens open. And to show that Jesus has ascended, Stephen declares, I see the son of man standing on the right hand of the father in heaven. But then in Revelations, when John was caught up in glory, in Revelations chapter 1, verse 10, verse 11, in Revelations chapter 4, verse 2, John himself says, I saw the risen Lord, but I also saw the ascended Lord who ascended into heaven. In Revelations 1.10, he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Spina, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, to Laodicea. Verse 2, he says, after these things I looked and behold a door standing open into heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like the voice of a trumpet speaking with me and said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was standing in heaven and the one sitting on the throne. So John saw Jesus who had ascended into heaven sitting on the throne. You see, Jesus died for our sins. And he was raised from the dead. But his earthly ministry did not stop there. After resurrection, he appeared on earth, taught his disciples about God's kingdom for 40 days. That's what we find in Acts 1 verse 3. But then it tells us he was taken up into heaven. So in other words, Barcelona, we are not worshiping a Jesus who is still on the cross. The cross is empty. Nor are we worshipping a Jesus who is still in the tomb because the tomb is empty. 
But you see, the cross and the empty tomb are at the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what was proclaimed by Paul throughout history and throughout the followers of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, let's read it please. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want us to read from verse 1. I wanted to see this. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you that the gospel which I preached to you, which you also have received, wherein you stand, keep on going, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again in the third day according to the scriptures. Can I hear an amen? So we know that Christ died, he was buried, and that he rose again. But so many people, even if they talk about that, they don't talk about the ascension of Christ. We only end with the story of Easter and Good Friday. But when you read the scriptures, there are at least six benefits to us as believers because of the ascension of Jesus Christ. If Jesus did not ascend into heaven, there are certain benefits as believers that we couldn't have. And today, I want to bring those benefits to you. Can I hear an amen? And can I take my jacket off? Is that okay? Amen. All right, so there are six benefits. Tell somebody six benefits. Tell your other neighbor six benefits. Six benefits. Benefit number one. Thank you, Tatum Kondo. We read in Acts 1, verse 1 and 2, in the first book of Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to teach and do until the day he was taken up. Now note, this small word began to do. Somebody say began. began. Say it again. Began. He says, I wrote to you, O Theophilus, of the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Now, that little word, small word began, signals that Jesus' ascension doesn't mark the cessation, but the continuation of his work as Lord and Messiah. Now note this. This is what Luke's book, the book of Acts, is all about. When you read from cover to cover, the disciples went all over declaring that Jesus had risen and he had ascended. And that as the one who has ascended, he is working from heaven through his people by the Holy Spirit for the accomplishment of God's purpose. In other words, that Jesus ascended into heaven, it means his mission continues, but in a different way now. That you and I are sent to be the body of Christ. It's got to bring it home that he is the head and we are the body. Watch this. The head always gives instructions. The body always carries out the mission. So much as Jesus is not here on earth in person by flesh, but Jesus is down here on earth through all this body of Christ. Can I hear an amen? So the ascension tells us the mission of Christ continues. But the mission of Christ continues through you and I. If we can have a revelation and an understanding of who we are and the mission that we have, that if we do not go and do the work of God, then the mission of Christ gets frustrated. 
If we can understand that we, if we don't preach, the gospel will never move. If we don't lay hands on the sick, Christ can heal people. If we don't show compassion, Christ cannot show compassion over people. If we don't get up and go and start churches, Christ cannot start churches. And that Jesus has given the completion of the mission to you and I. Tell your neighbor, Jesus has assigned you and don't disappoint him. So that's the first thing. That he ascended, it means that his mission has not ceased. But his mission continues through us. Can I hear an amen? amen? Number two, Jesus said clearly that if he doesn't ascend into heaven, he will not be able to send the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus didn't ascend into heaven, the Holy Spirit would have never come down. Know this. This is a very interesting thing. When you read the Bible, you find the tripartite God being involved. This God who is three in one, not three people, but three in one, expressed in three different persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all equal, all God, however, all having different ministries. The beginning part of the Bible, we see the ministry of God the Father mainly. Much as the Holy Spirit would come down upon people, much as there would be a mention of the Messiah who is coming, but you see a lot of it involving the ministry of God the Father. But then Jesus came on earth. And even though he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, even though he would talk about God the Father, but when Jesus was on earth, it spelled the ministry of Christ and the dispensation of Christ coming into action. But then he was crucified, died, and rose again. And when he went up to heaven, it brought in another dispensation. This is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? That Jesus ascended, it marks the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because after his resurrection, Jesus told his followers in Luke 24, 49, he said, I am sending the promise of my father unto you. And he said, stay in the city. Don't go out into ministry until you have been clothed with power from high. So in that sermon, even when Peter preached, he connects what was happening on that day of Pentecost to the ascension of Christ, he says in Acts chapter 2 verse 33, he says, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourself are not seeing and hearing. This was a fulfillment of what Joel spoke about in Joel 2.28 when he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So the ascension of Christ spelled a different dispensation where no longer will God only be touching a select few. See, Jesus, when he was sent, much as he preached to people who were Gentiles, but he himself from his own mouth said, I have been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. So he was sent really specifically to the Jewish people, though he did welcome those who were not Jewish. But the era of the Holy Spirit that has come because of the ascension of Christ means that the Holy Spirit has broken out into all people. 
that now access to God and being touched by God and being used by God there is neither male nor female there is neither Jew nor Gentile there is no ethnicity it is not a matter of age it's a matter of whosoever will can come can I hear an amen tell your neighbor you are one of those whosoever will as I'm looking to you this morning so when Jesus ascended he sent the Holy Spirit to be present with the people. So it is because of his ascension that the Spirit came. Look at John 14, 16. I love it. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Unlike the past era, the, the, the era of God, the Holy Spirit would come and go among people. Unlike the era of Christ, the Holy Spirit would only be manifest wherever Jesus was. But when he was in there, then the presence of God was in there. But this time around, not only the Holy Spirit has come upon all, but he has come to abide. He said, I will be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Because of the ascension of Christ in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, I love what he says. He says, and you shall receive power. Somebody say power. Somebody say power. power. That word is the word dunamis. I love it. He says you shall receive dunamis. That word dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. You have a dynamite and a tsunami that is resident on the inside of you. Dynamite is self-propelling, self-propagating power. Dynamite is explosive power that is able to destroy and explode. I don't know what you're doing being afraid of the devil when you have a dynamo and a dynamite on the inside of If Jesus didn't ascend, we wouldn't be this powerful dynamite tsunami people. Oh, people don't know who you are. And some of you, by the looks of it, it looks like you don't know who you are. You don't know what you carry. Greater is he that is inside of you than he that is in the world. Ooh, Jesus. That Jesus rose in Romans chapter 8. That he ascended into heaven is to transform believers to, li to live new lives reflecting their king. Number three, when Jesus ascended, I love what it says. It says he ascended and he sat down. <laughs> so when he ascended, his ascension into heaven was for him to be enthroned as king. The heavenly enthronement. At Jesus' ascension, he is installed as the true king of the world. You know, one of the things that is coming to me recently, again and again, as I look at the systems of the world crumble, you know, you know we, we, we were talking with some leader in some place, somewhere, somehow. Yeah. And this leader was so hurt because they as a group of many leaders literally laid their lives down for a certain agenda. And they had all agreed that when we have overcome and when we get power and we can give new leadership, this is the vision and the mission. Many laid down their lives. Many died. Many got sick. Many of them, their families got affected. 
Many of them, they became dysfunctional people. Some are carrying wounds. Some are on wheelchairs. All kinds of things. When they finally were able to achieve their mission, the people who came into leadership, instead of fulfilling the agenda that they had all agreed on, got consumed into personal gain. And selfishness came in. And it was said, you know, when this leader said to us, he said, you know, as a result, many of us are sick. Yeah, the leader said it. He said we are sick because we couldn't believe that the people that we, we were with when we all started can give in to this kind of behavior. The leader said, imagine giving all your life to an agenda. And for people to hijack it and do something else. And this leader said, if many of my age group are dying or they are sick with certain conditions, high blood pressure, heart conditions, and ulcers. You know, when I heard that, my heart sunk. And as I left, then it occurred to me, you know, with God, he never changes the agenda. Now you're not hearing what I'm saying. Then I thought, only God's kingdom, its agenda will stand forever. Yeah. That's why Jesus is king over all kings. Kings will come and go. Kings will change agendas. Kings can be unreliable. Marada is a king of kings. I said there is a lord of lords. His agenda will forever remain. And what he started, he will always bring to a completion. And I thought, you know what? I don't mind serving under that king. Because his agenda will never change. I don't mind laying my life down to work for that king. Because his agenda never changes. Can I hear an amen in the house? Jesus was enthroned as the heavenly king. When we recite the Apostles' Creed, there's a portion where we say, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father in the Almighty. Acts 1.9 says, he was taken up into heaven in a cloud. Stephen declared, I saw the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. This text suggests that Jesus' ascension fulfills what was prophesied way back by Daniel in Daniel 7. When you read verse 13, he said, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days, and he was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, all nations, all languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. I am here to tell you the kingdom of Jesus Christ will stand forever. And there is nothing that will destroy it. There is nobody that can destroy it. There is no human being that will destroy it. There is no government that will destroy it. There is no force of darkness that will destroy it. He is the king of kings. He is the lord of lords. He is the ancients of days. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. His name is Jesus.
and he rules. Look at Revelation 3.21. My goodness. It says, listen to what Jesus says in Revelations 3.21, please. It says, to him that overcometh. To him will I grant to sit with me in my throne. <laughs> Even as I also overcome. And I am set down with my father in his throne. That he sat down, it means he has done his work. He has finished his work. Can I hear an amen? I said, can I hear an amen? Jesus reigns at the right hand of the father. And I love what the Bible says. It says he ascended, went into heaven, sat at the round of the Father for one reason. When you sit down, it means in his body, by himself as Jesus. Mara. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father waiting for this body of Christ to complete what he has started. He has run his race. He has finished his lap. He handed over the baton. We are to bring it into the finality and run the last lap. Can I hear it? Amen. Look at the book of Psalms, chapter 110. Psalms 1110, verse 1. And the Lord said unto me, this is Jesus talking about what God said to him. He says, the Lord said unto me, sit thou at my right hand. I'm looking, I'm looking for a chair. Sit down at my right hand. Sit down at my right hand. Thank you. Sit down at my right hand. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Oh, Jesus. Jesus did what he must do. Ufe did. Mara, even if I finish, there's an enemy who is running around, who is killing, stealing, and destroying. Mara, Jesus says his time is going to run out. There comes a day when he's going to be arrested, and I'm going to use him as a footstool. Watch! Who is responsible to make the enemy to become the footstool? Of Jesus. Jesus says, Nak Fedite. That's why I'm sitting down. Fedite. And God says, Sit down until. Jesus saying, I'm not going to come back and get the church. I'm not going to move into action yet until something has happened. The enemy must be made to be mine. Oh, my Jesus. Do you realize?
realize the commission that Jesus has given to you? He wants you to bring the devil down to become his footstool. Do you understand how powerful you are? Do you understand how anointed you are? Do you understand your assignment? Do you know why we are planting churches everywhere? Do you know why we are taking the gospel everywhere? We are taking places for Jesus. We are taking everything for Jesus Christ. We are moving into places for Jesus Christ. We are subduing the enemy so that the enemy can be the footstool. Can I hear someone give the Lord a shout in this house? Jesus! Acts chapter 2. Verse 34 and 35. For David is not ascended into heaven, but he says himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand. Verse 35. Until I make your foes your footstool. What's alone? Look at Hebrews 31, verse 13. We've read Acts 15. But I want us to read Hebrews 1, 13. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So watch this therefore. When Jesus sat at the right hand of the Father, that's when the rule of God over all things was inaugurated. God has always wanted the world to be dominated by his presence and his rulership. God has always wanted his mission to fill the earth for the knowledge of God to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So God's kingdom has been inaugurated through the enthronement of Jesus. Now he sits on heaven's throne and he will return to consummate the kingdom of God on the earth. And you and I must be doing our part. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when you read what, when Peter spoke and preached in Acts chapter 4 and chapter 3, he says, and the heavens must hold Jesus back until the fulfillment of all things that God has spoken. He, he's saying, can I go? God says, no, the children haven't yet finished what they're supposed to do. There are still billions of people who have not been reached with the gospel yet. I want to go back and get them. God says, I corner. Your enemy is not your footstool yet. But I've given them the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've given them the word to do the work. Can I hear an amen? Number four. Jesus' ascension is his return to his father. You see, before and after his death and resurrection, Jesus declares that he was sent by his father and he must return to his father. In John 16, 28, he says, I came from the father and I've come into the world and now I am leaving the world and going to the father. When Mary met Jesus in John 20, verse 17, and Mary wanted to, put her hands on Jesus. Jesus says, don't cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. Oh. The ascension of Jesus changed our place. Moved us from being servants to being children. 
Many of you don't realize, a lot of believers in the time of Christ, when he was ministering, couldn't identify with his prayer when he taught them, let's pray our father. They never looked at God as their father. They considered themselves servants. And when you read the book of Galatians, Paul says, you see, a servant, even though a servant can work in a house and know everything that happens in a palace, but a servant is limited in terms of what they have access to. So saints of old, even though they related to God, they still considered themselves as adopted children, just a servant. I, I can't, you know, a servant, even when you serve in a home, you can't just go to the fridge and get what you want. You must first ask. But when you're a child, you drink first and ask afterwards. When you're a servant and, and your father is a king, or you're serving a prince or a king, you can't just waltz into the palace anytime and seek audience with the king or the prince. You don't need an appointment. You don't need protocol. Oh, come on now. God says, come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't, you, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. So when Jesus was ascending, he says, I am going to my father and watch this, and your father. In other words, the same way you have seen me communicate with him and talk to him and call upon his intervention, and the same way you saw him respond to me, he's about to respond to you in the same way. Can I hear an amen from the sons and daughters of God? And so Jesus ascended, and there was a sweet reunion in history between Jesus and the father. Jesus came back. Not just as a, not as a wounded soldier, but as a victorious soldier. One who had been sent to fulfill a mission. Who had fully accomplished his mission. To an extent that he had pleased his father and glorified his father. And he ascends to his father and the father glorifies his son. As he says in John 17, 4 and 5, I have glorified you on earth. I made you proud. He says, I finished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your own glory, which I had before the world was. Jesus was doing homecoming. Going to heaven to prepare a way for our homecoming. He tells us, he says, you know, in my father's house, and Haiwa Nefelama, there are many mentions. He says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you will be also. Oh, hallelujah. Number five, Jesus ascended into heaven to become our heavenly mediator, to become our heavenly high priest. And to become our heavenly intercessor. Mzalwana, you are covered. How short the canics? You are covered. He's a mediator. He goes between you and God and pleads your case. La 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 uchichiriza. He says, Maramudim, he didn't mean it. Your honor, sorry. Uh, your honor, may I quote from what your word says? 
You said if they confess their sins, you are faithful and just to forgive them. And, and I know it's the hundredth time that they're doing this, but your honor, your word says you said you are faithful and just to forgive them of all their sins and to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Your honor, you've got to give them a second time around. And the honor says, oh, case dismissed. Jesus ever lives to present your case before God. He ever lives to take your prayers and present them before God. Jesus is the unique mediator between God and man. And the reason he's the best mediator is because he understands what's going on. See, a mediator is one who goes between two groups or two persons to help them work out their differences and come to an agreement. 1 Timothy 2, 5, Murutipake, your most favorite verse. I've heard you preach this ever since I met you. For there is one God... 1 Timothy 2.5. There is one God, not two gods, not three gods, one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So he's a mediator. Number two, he's a high priest. The role of a high priest was to offer sacrifices for the sins of the people. So the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus secured our forgiveness, secured our justification. We are not guilty. Secured our reconciliation, we have been reconciled to God. There's no tensions, there's no enmity. I am in one corner and God stands in one corner, high corner. We run into his presence boldly and God opens his arms and says, Welcome home, my child. Oh, Jesus. The death, resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus also made him to be our high priest, as I said. Romans 8.1 declares there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the flesh but after the, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. But also Jesus is our intercessor. The exalted Lord Jesus is now in heaven interceding for the people as our true high priest. Romans 8.34 says he makes intercession for us. Hebrews 7.25 says he ever lives to make intercession for us. Hebrews 4.15 says he is touched by our infirmity. See, Jesus, when he was on earth, he could only be all these things based on him being in a specific geographic place. He could only be your intercessor. He could only be your priest. He could only be your mediator if he was with you. So it is only those who accessed him on a geographical spot who could only have access to those benefits. Even if the benefits were supposed to be for all, but there were others who were marginalized, not because they were not loved, but because they didn't have proximity. And so Jesus could only affect the people who were close to him. But God said there's coming a dispensation where what Jesus does is not going to be limited geographically. See, you see Jesus preached in Jerusalem. He didn't go to Ethiopia. He didn't heal people in China. He never went to Australia. He didn't come to South Africa in his physical flesh. But my goodness, now the work of Jesus is everywhere. And the words of Jesus are able to be heard everywhere. And even when he prays, it doesn't matter whether you pray in Chinese, you pray in Ethiopian, it doesn't matter. He hears you because he hears the prayers of all. It doesn't matter where you were born, whether in a rich family or a pure family, he sympathizes with your struggles. It doesn't matter how big or how small your struggle is, he is aware of your struggles. It doesn't matter who you are, he says, call upon me and I will answer you. He says, whatever you ask in my name, it doesn't matter who you are, whatever you ask in my name. 
I'll give it to you. Through his ascension, we all have access now. Through his ascension, we all can come now. Jesus says, whosoever will can come. You may be here today broken. You may be here today sick in your body. You may be here today having no direction in your life. Maybe you never served God. Maybe you walked away from God. Maybe when you look at your life, you feel that God doesn't care for you. I'm here to tell you the door is wide open for you. But then this ascended Lord, as I close, will return one day. As a king and as a judge. In Acts 1 11, the angels explain this Jesus who was taken from, from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him return into heaven. And that's why when we pray, we say, Your kingdom come is coming back to rule. And as this return, Jesus will execute judgment comes a day when he will vindicate the downtrodden. There comes a day when he will bring fairness to the world. There comes a day when truth will be known. What was done in secret will be declared in public. There comes a day when the Lord, the righteous judge, will bring fairness and justice comes a day when those who've been weeping their tears will be dried up. When those who are mourning will be comforted. There comes a day when true justice and true righteousness, true fairness, true equality will be experienced by all. And all of us, as we stand before him, it won't matter if you are a king, a president, a prime minister. If you are a bishop, an elder, a child. Doesn't matter if they wrote newspaper articles about you or they didn't. Doesn't matter if you were rich or poor. Doesn't matter if you were the toast of the town and you were the celebration on CNN and Al Jazeera. All of us will be equal. will be both the side and there will be two questions he'll ask of all people number one what have you done with the gift of my son Jesus that I gave to you that's be the first question when the gospel was being preached to you when you're given a chance to invite Christ and get right with God. Did you mock? Did you scoff? Did you laugh? Did you block your ears? Did you walk away? Or did you respond? And did you live the life? Second question. Did you fulfill the assignment I brought you into the world for? He'll bring it, put it here. And say, when I brought you into the world, this is what I wanted you to do. That's why I gave you strength. I gave you health. That's why I protected you even when they wanted to kill you. 
That's why in spite of all the hell that came against you, you came up on top. It wasn't your wisdom. No, it was me. That's why when you went to that church that day, when the sermon was preached, something pricked in your heart. Something clicked in your heart. That's why you had a sense in your heart. You want to do something with your life. Did you do it? I gave you a cause to run. A mission to fulfill. How do you compare? And it'll bring us next to that mission. And check if we compare. There'll be no mercy that day. Jesus will not be able to intercede and mediate. It will be a day of reckoning. Many of us will live on earth forgetting that one day we're going to stand before him. We live as though the things we do in secret will never be known. We live as though there's not a God who's looking and watching everything. Who knows the intentions of my heart. Knows the lies that I speak when I tell somebody something and I don't mean it in my heart. But also a God who sees you do your best to be all that he wants you to be. And there comes that day. My question for you, for me, when that day comes, what will be your response? Will he say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Come sit with me. Here's a crown because you have run your race. You've finished your course. You've kept the faith. Or will he say, far from me, you evil worker. Even though you said, Lord, Lord, your heart was far away from me. Even though you healed them in my name, and you cast demons out in my name. But you knew you were a hypocrite. You knew it wasn't true. Here we sit today. His Holy Spirit once more speaking to us. Let's turn from whatever we haven't done right. And say, God, I know that the one who ascended is going to come back again. Not as the prince of peace, but as the judge of the earth. See, God has many faces. And that's what's confusing about people. He has a face of love, face of compassion and forgiveness, understanding. But it's an awful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. When he's in full fury and anger, And when he comes to recompense and to bring fairness and to judge, nobody can even ask. And God gives us this chance to do what is right before him. Would you raise your hands? Just pray in the Holy Ghost right where you are. Whatever it is we need to make right, make it right.
Give myself away. Pray. Pray right away. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. My life is not my own To you I belong I give myself I give myself to you God, I live on borrowed time I'm a man, a woman on mission Give myself, give myself to you. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Jesus, I give myself away so you 